Welcome to the Emblem Support Podcast. I am the remastered Ordo, and he is the remade Cardwiz. Build an army. Trust no one, except for us. This is the Emblem Support Podcast, and my good friend Ordo. Before we delve into remakes of the past, before we delve into music videos in the future, there's one question I want to ask. What have you been playing recently? I thought you were about to ask me, are you ready? <laughs> are you ready? Bom, bom. I'll Out get to, to that. I'll get to that. I'll get to that one in a second, but I've uh, I've been playing Pokemon Sword for the past week. I as well. You do, we neither of us ever chose to boycott this game, and so we chose to be two of the six million people who decided to buy it in the first couple of days. Yeah, that's to me. That's just mind blowingly hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, personally, I never got the idea of boycotting anything. It's a Pokemon game. I wish that. There would be some grand switch epic RPG with sprawling landscapes like in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, but we're getting a Pokemon game. Pokemon is Pokemon. Pokemon is its own thing. You kind of know what you're getting into. That's what people like about it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 simple. It's fun. I mean, I'm actually on the post-game stuff right now. Oh, wow. And other... Other than the rival for this game and the champion, I actually pretty much like everything about it. I'm liking the game so far. I'm only just got my fourth badge, but I've been enjoy. I've enjoyed the wild areas. I've enjoyed the gyms. I've, even though I've kind of squashed through them because the game lets grinding in the wild area is very easy. It's kind of ridiculous how powerful the game lets you get so early on. I don't think I've ever felt this powerful this early in a Pokemon game, and. The Pokemon games have been known for letting you get powerful early, but this one just takes us to a ridiculous degree. I'm at a point where, like, I'm so powerful, I'm having a hard time picking, catching Pokemon, so I just need to switch out half my party to get some lower levels in there to make catching Pokemon easier. Yeah, I've been going back to the wild areas, because I remember seeing, like, a level 50 Haunter, and I wanted it, like, way back when I was underleveled, and it wouldn't let me catch it. And I, as soon as I found them, I was like, okay, here we go. Here's what I'm going to do. And it took me forever. I ended up using, like, a ton of my Ultra Balls. I just wouldn't catch. And I I don't know if I had a status effect on it or there was a weather effect. But I think the weather effect KO'd it. I may be misremembering it. Or I may be confusing it with a different Pokemon that I was trying to catch. Possible. But, yeah, it ended up KOing. And I was just like, well, great. Now I'm not going to run into that Pokemon again for a long time. I'm just having... Good old time with this game. It's Pokemon. I'm probably, I knowing myself, I'm probably going to get bored with it before I even finish the game. But man, I'm having a great time. Like I think I've only beaten, I've played just about every Pokemon game, but I've only beaten like three of them. I usually get bored before I uh, get too far into whatever the Elite Four is in this game. This is a very fun game. I'm enjoying my time with it. And Something happened to me in this game. Something very special. Something that I have been waiting for over 20 years to happen to me in a Pokemon game. And I'm up, I'm upset about it. I finally got a shiny. And it's beautiful. It's a psychic monkey named Oranguru or something. I was just so excited. I just nicknamed him Shine with a bunch of explanation points. But he's going to be in my party forever. He's going to become the new lead character of my game. He's he's the new protagonist. Sorry. Uh, sad frog man. Sorry, big metal bird. You're taking a backseat to the purple psychic monkey. I am. I am baffled. 
But then again, like, I don't try to do, like, shiny hunts and things like that. There are people who just, they won't progress in the game. They'll just go, they'll stay in, like, one area to get, like, the one shiny Pokemon. I'm just like, eh, that's, it takes that, too long. Yeah, that just seems a little insane. I don't get that. I, there's a streamer I follow who, when uh, Sun and Moon came out, they just reset the game over and over again to try to get a shiny starter. And, like, I don't understand that sort of thing. I want to play the game, and if I get the miracle of the one in a million chance or whatever the odds are of finding the shiny, I will enjoy it. <laughs> when the shiny popped up, just like when the sparkles happened, I was just just staring at the screen in awe for a second, just like, this can't be it. And also, also because that was the first time I'd ever seen that particular Pokemon. So it was just like, is it shiny or does it have a sparkle effect when you first see it? I've never seen this guy before. And like my hands were literally shaking as I was <laughs> like, please don't do a massive crit. Please don't do a massive crit. I wish I had a master ball. That was so nerve wracking. and I loved it so much. I'm sad. I am still shinyless. Uh, the only time I try to do the reset method is when I was trying to get a shiny Rowlet because he's the same color as Virian is. <laughs> he is. Uh, if you look up shiny Rowlet and look up Virian, they're one to one a color match. And then you know the final evolution for that is uh oh what's he called? Oh shoot, I can't remember what his name is. But he ends up having a bow and arrow as his thing. I was just like, I have to get him. I have to. But I think after about like 30 times, I was just like, you know what? I just kind of, I kind of just want to play this game. And then we met how, and then we didn't want to play that game anymore. Oh yeah. 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 I think I got like halfway through the second Island on sun and moon before I quit. So you, so we had some fire emblem news come out uh, again while I was in the middle of recording and editing the last episode chapter, whatever you want to call it. Yes. A rumor came out, a former uh, editor of game informer. What's, what's, uh, Imran Khan sort of casually just mentioned on a show called Kind of Funny Games Daily that, oh yeah, at one point for the 3DS, there was a, another Fire Emblem being made, but it got dropped with, as soon as Nintendo realized that, oh, 3DS sales have really dropped off a cliff with the Switch out. It was also a combination of uh, the Mario and Luigi remake only selling something like, what, 11,000 copies? Yeah, the those two remakes were those were two great games i had zero desire to play them on 3ds with remade yeah and now alpha dream is bankrupt so we know how that went yes we do but we know that they were planning on apparently allegedly making another fire emblem remake sort of in the vein of echoes but we don't really know exactly which game it was i wanted to ask you what what game do you wish it was what game do you hope it was or because for all we know, there might still be a little bit in development behind the scenes, maybe. Well, the fan rumor is that whatever this remake is, is that they're going to take that and that'll be the next Fire Emblem game. But I don't, I don't, know, I don't know about that for certain. It, it would make sense depending on how far they got into planning and development with it. But it would absolutely make sense because what the way Nintendo has tended to work, Nintendo companies in the past, when they have a major release for one of their games, like a three houses or a breath of the wild. They'll have a smaller game that comes out like right after that with Zelda. They, the links awakening is a smaller scale Zelda game while still being a mainline title. Will we get that sort of thing with fire emblem? I kind of hope so. Fire emblems a big enough franchise that that sort of thing is, I'm sure is at least talked about at Nintendo. And you do bring up a great point because in between and get this, 
Pokemon Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, and Pokemon um, Sword and Shield, you had Pokemon Let's Go. And that was the remake of essentially just Pokemon Yellow. So, I forgot Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at, at, at the same time, they also released uh, the Switch version of the Pokemon Tekken game, whatever that was. <laughs> oh, uh, Pokken. 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 Oh, that's another game I've never touched. Sorry, Pokemon. I've let you, I've let, as a Pokemon podcast host, I've let you down. So I, going back to, you know, which game that I think that I think the remake is like, I actually had to think in my mind, you know, what game has not yet touched Western shores or what characters are super popular. And I decided here's how I'm going to narrow this down on the podcast. Cause I wanted to give you my, my actual thoughts. So right off the bat, Fire Emblem four, which is genealogy, of the Holy war and Fire Emblem five, which is Theratia 776 have never been officially released internationally. Fire Emblem Binding Blade has never been released internationally. It was planned. Um, it was planned, but it just it never happened. Fire Emblem 9, which is Path of Radiance, is super expensive, has never been re-released. Um, it's only on the GameCube. It was never on any sort of virtual consoles or any re-releases. And so then you had Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn, which is a direct sequel, albeit it takes place, I believe, like three years later. And it too, you know, it's really pricey. Well, it's not as pricey as Path of Radiance, but it's hard to find, has not been re-released, not even on the Wii U's virtual console, where we saw other games like like uh, Mario Galaxy 2 and Skyward Sword re-released. So I had to like narrow it down. I was thinking, well, you're not going to do Path of Radiance because Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn, you know, Path... They're, they're two games that kind of go together, so I immediately, I immediately axed them. I immediately axed Thracia 776 because that story, that I mean, the, that game's story actually takes place during the second half of Genealogy. So I immediately axed that because I think that it, ha- it would have to be made, remade with Genealogy. And so my mindset then went to, okay, what do we have? Is it Genealogy or is it Binding Blade? The director for Echoes, Kenta Nakanishi actually showed interest in an interview back in 2017 of wanting to bring Binding Blade over to the U.S. because, quote, uh, or no, sorry, not quote, but paraphrasing, uh, his story hasn't been told internationally yet. So, using that logic, I believe it is the Binding Blade. That's the game I would probably agree with. Honestly, that's my dream game. Ever since I saw Fire Emblem in Nintendo Power back in like 2000 or 2002 or so, before it got canceled and never released here. But I've wanted to play that game for so long. The international audience knows who Roy is. They know about that game, but they've never gotten the chance to play that. And they've gotten to play the prequel of Fire Emblem 7. And that game sort of has had a resurgence over the last couple of years, especially with all the characters being released in Fire Emblem Heroes. Those are ten, The Fire Emblem 7 characters tend to do really well in all those polls that they do. So I, I would assume that they would also want to connect those dots with Fire Emblem 6 finally to be released over here. Honestly, going hypothetical, crazy dream game. I, I would love that if they did 6 and 7 remakes together. I know I'm like going full on Icarus flying too close to the sun with flimsy wax wings, but I would Fire Emblem loves their kid mechanics or a thing. Why not just go full on, have start off with 7, have a kid mechanic, carry it over into six it's gonna make everything chaotic probably make it worse but dang it that's my dream game i want it uh, some of the kids some of the some of the units in binding blade are direct 
I almost said direct descendants, but they are kids of characters in the first game. It's not just, you know, Ellie Wood and Roy. There's Yes, th- this isn't just something pulled out of absolutely nowhere. There is enough evidence. There, we do know that some of the kids in 6 are the children, 100% of the characters in 7. So it would actually make sense to a degree, rather than just insane ramblings from a crazy person, which this also is by coincidence. It's not, it's, you know, it's, I'm not trying to slag off any genealogy fans because genealogy is actually the next game because one, one slash three have been remade with, well, Marth's tale has been told multiple times. We got Echoes and that's Fire Emblem 2. So the fourth Fire Emblem game, genealogy would, would technically be next, but I just think it's too big. I, I think it can be done. I'd love to see it done because that and Thracia are my biggest fire emblem like i don't know pretty much barely anything about those games i've only seen what i've seen from a couple of youtubers playing those games i've never bothered to touch them myself but i'd love to get to know that world but because we don't really know anything about those two games outside of the characters that have been released in heroes from an international standpoint i think that six would probably be the most logical game to be done because there already is a built-in audience there, thanks to Smash. Yeah, and, and when I say, like, too big, I mean, like, too big in the context of the 3DS. So, I'm saying, like, if they already had this plan for the 3DS, I'm thinking that they already may have had 6, and whatever work they've done for this, they're going to take it and pull it over to the Switch. That's what I mean by, like, too big. Okay. I'm not saying it'd be impossible. just need to clarify. Well, hopefully within the next year or so, we'll hear news on what the official next Fire Emblem game for Switch are. But we still got news. We still got to wait for all the DLC to come out for uh, Three Houses before we fully move on to that part of the speculation. Yeah, and I think, like, Nintendo's actually had a couple of franchises, which they've been doing yearly in small ways. Like, Zelda's had some some kind of yearly release where it's been sort of a spinoff or a sequel or a remake since about 2011, ever since Wind Waker HD. About year on year, there's been something new Zelda-wise. And if we look at Fire Emblem, we had Fire Emblem Fates in 2015 for Japan, 2016 for us. Um, 2017, we had, what was it? Uh, we had Hero, um, not Hero, well yeah, we had Heroes come out, we had Warriors come out. Uh, 2000, oh, 2017 also saw us with um, Echoes. Uh, did we get anything in 2018? Um, I don't believe so. I don't think we've had any, there was anything between Echoes and Three Houses. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Well, Heroes was still going strong. It's still going strong today. Um, then 2019, we had uh, almost had Sword and Shield. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're tainted. But, <laughs> we had Fire Emblem Three Houses. <laughs> And so we've, for the most part, we've had pretty steady things coming since 2007, or roughly 2015 till you know, 2019, and onward into 2020 with that DLC being released. But if they started work on this in 2017, that means they had 2018, 2019, and that'd be 2020. That'd be about three years, theoretically. We'll see what the future of Fire Emblem holds, but one game that we do know coming out next year, we do know a Fire Emblem game's coming out next year, kind of, sort of. Tokyo Mirage Sessions Encore. We can't escape from it. <laughs> Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sword and Shields will be coming out next year. And with it, they've a few thing, details have been sort of leaked about some of the new things that are going to be in this release. Some of them we saw 
snippets of in that release video that they first showed. We sort of either suspect or they told us about there are going to be new songs, music videos. We know about there are going to be new costumes. Apparently, Subasa is going to be able to have removable glasses. I will be keeping the glasses on. Glasses squad for life. Glasses? Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. My pilot wears glasses all the time, no matter what. You got you to gotta look cool on the field. If you and, say so. Yep. And we also know that uh, Tiki and the Fortuna Entertainment uh, president, Maiko, are going to be not characters in combat, but they will be able to perform in the sessions, which is one of the combat mechanics in Tokyo Mirage Sessions. And apparently there's also going to be a new adventure for the protagonist with an additional dungeon, which I'm happy about because I really like the dungeons in Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I thought they had pretty neat mechanics. Like, I remember one dungeon you had a dress that you had to crawl through and you had to move the arms around to turn the t- determine which tunnel you went out of. Just they're ba- simple, basic dungeon mechanics you've seen before, but it put a nice skin over it to make it interesting. And I hope there the new dungeon is not just a reskin or and has some completely new mechanics. Oh, Bacard was it's time for the support, and so I will be taking on the uh, the female role. Yes, you shall be the female for once. But this support, oh my goodness, this support. Talking about a possible, another remake of a Fire Emblem game coming out, if it turns out to be one of those games that we don't really know the characters, they don't really have set supports, don't have set history, they're going to build in a new history. They're going to possibly even build in new original characters around them to help build up the world, just like we saw in Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valencia. And I have selected a conversation between a set character with a history, Alm, and one of the new original characters from a little village. That character is Faye, one of your favorites. There you are, Alm. Oh, uh, hello, Faye. How's it going? I'm doing just fine now. Seeing your face is always a bright spot in my day. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's not a low point. Now, shall I head back out there and slay more enemies for you? Slay enemies for me? Or, uh, I, I would hope you're doing it for a better reason than just me. Oh, is that what you want? Because I'll do it. I'll fight for any cause you desire. Just promise you'll be watching me, Alm. Promise to look at me. Faye, I, uh, look, just please be careful, all right? She's insane the beginning of a well-developed three-dimensional character on the 3ds i remember people seeing that as like her first support being like oh she's one of those characters she's like perry or camilla it's like that's that's what people's first impressions of her were and it's not that wrong well on the bright side Faye has less supports than camilla so yeah echoes doesn't really have a ton of supports i don't know if it's because they're all voice acted and they didn't want to fit them all on there. i don't know what's, what's going on with that but they gave us supports thanks for that and this is certainly a memorable one at least for me it was um oh hey Faye, uh, how are things things are utterly fantastic Aren't you going to ask me why? Um, why? Well, remember when you asked me to ask, remember when you sat next to me at dinner yesterday? You gave me that leftover heel of bread you didn't want. You're excited about bread. No, silly. You touched my hand. I was up all night thinking about it. 
Oh, but don't worry. I drink a bunch of tea, so I'm ready to kill in your name. Just point me at your enemies and watch me go. That's so... Wow. I'm... Guess I'm glad she's able to find happiness in the little things. Oh, but I am worried about the toll this war is taking on her. <laughs> a totally sane, normal girl from a small village. That's exactly what they all say. Oh my goodness. Oh, but Cardwiz, you touched my hand. You're that excited over bread? I will soar away into the dawn. Oh, I wish I could stay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Here we go. Okay. Let's do this. A sport time. Um, hey, Faye. Our journey will be able to over soon, won't it? And because of that, there's something I need to tell you. I know, prob I know now probably isn't the best time in the world, but I have to get it out. All right, I'm listening. There's a dream I have, or more of a wish, I suppose. But I dream that after the war is over, you'll return to me to Ram Village. We'll have a little garden, we'll hunt our own food, and we'll never have to fight another battle as long as we live. Pretty good dream, don't you think? Yeah, it's... it's nice. So, do you think it'll come true? I'm sorry, Faye, but no. I'm not going back to the village. I can't. Not anymore. There are too many things left for me to do. But I will always be thankful for you and all my friends back home. I never would have found my place in the world if it wasn't for you. You're very special to me, Faye. Just not in the way you want. So knowing all that, will you keep journeying with me anyway? Oh, I suppose. This is a pretty grand adventure, after all. Still, I thought if I came with you, we'd find something together that... Oh, never mind. I should have known such a thing wasn't really possible, but I'd like to keep my feelings for you, if that's all right. At least until we part. Will you allow me that much? Of course, Faye. Just stay, like, ten feet away from me at all times, please. Yeah, this uh, this A support is actually time sensitive too, so you can have the required support points, but it actually won't pop up until way later on in the story. Oh my goodness, this support! I don't think the A support is bad, but C and B are utterly terrible. And you combine this with the silk supports, it doesn't do Faye any favors as a character. No, it doesn't. Like the Faye in the A support is a vaguely sane person. So that one's okay, but C and B just like it fall. It falls into the. I'm not even going to say tropey cartoonish trait that I've bashed other supports for. This is just like a psychopath. It's like a village girl just freely like, "Yay, I'm going to murder in your name because I like you. Will you be my boyfriend?" Yeah, it's uh. Well, I said I said uh, Camilla like, but it's also a little Henry and Perry like as well. Perry <sighs> being from Conquest. It is just incredibly just offsetting. It's not funny. It's it's just sort of sad and pathetic. It's just like, are you going to stab me in my sleep, Faye? Even in her, even in Faye's ending, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but she eventually does meddle, marry and settle down in the village, but apparently she like leaves every night and then returns or something. It, it Basically, the ending for her sets up to where even though she marries, 
and lives in the village, she's never happy because she always had those feelings for Alm. And you can have that kind of character. That can be a solid character. That's a, a trope. That is a solid trope. I mean, but that's to make what... her like a psycho sort of murderer killing in your name. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's what, oh, not the psycho killer, but that's what like Katri is. Like, she has a massive crush on Marth, but you know, Marth only has eyes for Sita or Sheeta, however you pronounce her name. And you know, Flora is the set. Flora is similar way where she basically only has eyes for Jacob, but that doesn't like define her as a character much as, you know, Katria's crush on Marth doesn't define her as a character. But for Faye, it's just like, om, 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 om. Like, even Cordelia in Awakening is a little better than this. Yeah. Now, I think I think this character comes too... too she, she's too close. I'm trying to figure out how, how I want to say this. This type of character comes too close when we've had the stalker Tharia-like character, which Tharia... Her stalking of Robin is a little exaggerated. We'll talk about her one day. Camilla's is insane, especially on Birthright. If you've played through Birthright. Ugh. And then then you have her. So it feels like they just dumped all of that right here and sprinkled a little bit of Perry and Henry in there with the murderous intent stuff. I'm trying to think of like positives. Positives for the support. Ulm is good in the support. Ulm yeah, he... is a character. You see who this character is. He feels like... A human being, kind of. One thing I do like about this game is like the supports in this game, as opposed to supports in, say, Fire Emblem 7, for example, the supports in this game revolve around these characters do this. Like, Alm has this set ending where this happens with him. Just because you have an A support with Faye, that doesn't mean his character changes his mind, runs off, and marries her. That's a positive thing because some of the supports in Fire Emblem 7. Like off the top of my head, the sports between like Lynn's sports with uh, his her a sport with Wrath and her a sport with Hector, they kind of feel like they're two different people. The different a sports that Alm has, I feel like he is still the same person. He has his set destiny. He know he knows who his character is defined as, and I like that part of it. Yeah, with, the with Alm though, and it's it's basically like this entire cast in general is that. You mentioned it before uh, about having less supports, but I feel like you have less supports, but you have more character come out of those supports. Yes, it, it's a more consistent character, I would say, coming out of these, the supports. Right, right. And it and it's just disappointing that the consistent character in this one is Faye is a psychopath. Yeah, because I think Faye has probably one of the cutest designs I have ever seen in the entire franchise. It's a great design. The the character has potential to be incredibly good. Small girl with a crush on the boy from the small village. Just like simple, but it can absolutely work as a character, but she's a freaking murderer. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to be realistic though, I mean, they're all kind of like, Hey, we're out here killing dudes and it, stuff. It's, it's different between like your characters are all at war and like seemingly taking pleasure of it, killing in your name. Yeah. Uh, How would you, that, since, since we're since we're just kind of dishing here on Faye, like how would you rewrite that? Because I don't, I feel like it only just needs like a couple of tweaks to actually be a good support. The tweaks in this one is just like she. Need, I think she needs to be more like I don't want to be at war. I want to go back to the village. Like follow that trope. I because I think that would sort sort of work. Just going from a 
just a random villager to full on, uh, I'm going to commit murders in your name. There is a huge gap there. She either needs to be like, I'm, I'm only doing this because this is what I feel is right. This is what I need to do or straight up go full on. Like I found my calling. I think I meant to kill people and I'm not sure what this says about me. Oh, help me out here. I feel I meant to be a warrior. I, but I don't know what that means. Well, I feel like instead of going so hardcore and like, I'm going to kill for you, it should be, I'm going to fight for you, but I don't feel comfortable with this. So basically marrying what you said, uh, what I just said. The, just this version of the character is a not fun character to root for. I don't want to know Faye anymore because she's going to cut me in my sleep. Overall, I'd rate that sport like a, a two out of five. A solid A support prevents it from being utter trash, but uh, that's not a good support. Let's do a... I'm going to do a little small bonus. I pulled this up while we were chit-chatting, but it's Faye's level 40 conversation in Fire Emblem Heroes. <clears throat> oh, well, it's you, isn't it? Kyrian, that's the summoner's default name. My eyes light up every time I turn a corner around here, hoping that I'll see you-know-who. And you know, you're not Alm, but you don't have to be. At least not anymore. Funny how people can be so stuck on someone that they don't see what's right there. I know you think I'd be the last one to ever say something like that, but it's true. I have proof. See? I'm working on a good luck charm for you. Thought of you with every stitch. Does it look good? Do you like it? I hope so. You mean a lot to me, so I really want to be great. So you're telling me Faye got more evolution in one paragraph in the mobile game than her entire appearance in Fire Emblem Echoes, basically. Yeah, pretty much. It's a real shame they weren't able to capitalize on set potential of that character, but Cardwiz, it's time for the playthrough. Part 1. White Clouds. Guardian Moon. Where the Goddess Dwells. Yes, we are have reached Chapter 10 of the Fire Emblem Three Houses Blue Lions playthrough. It's... I have actually not taken too many notes on this, because a lot of this snowballs. Um, I'm done with paralogs. I'm pretty much done with everything. And the months in these two chapters aren't full, like, 29, 30-day months like they usually are. So I figure card will lead us through it, and I'll offer my commentary. Yes, I've got my notes. Let's run through them. I've got way too many. Sothis tells us that we're eavesdropping in. Oh, we happen to find the Flame Emperor, Monica, and some mage. Dimitri is with us, so there's no weird fire emblem mystery. We're overhearing this. The thing about this is that we see this cutscene in the other three paths, but we're never shown to be listening to this conversation. This was a big surprise for me. It's like, oh, we're actually hearing the big reveal conversation between the Flame Emperor, Monica, and this mage. There's a, there, well, there's a lot of these. Like, uh, in our last uh, little wrap-up of the playthrough that we were talking about, there's a whole thing where, you know, you go outside after being tired from dancing, you meet Dimitri, get some backstory. Whereas, in the other ones, you essentially do the same thing, but you don't meet any of the characters. You have, like, a little small conversation with Sothis, then you head to the Goddess Tower. So, when you said that this is a surprise, you know, it's a it's a surprise for me, too. I was just like, oh, this is... Okay, this is interesting. We're getting a little bit of insight. And you can start to tell that this is where things are becoming different in this path. And on this mysterious sort of lion-faced mage, we the nameplate tells us his name is Thales or Talus or something like that. Yeah, his, his name is Talus. Yes. Uh, and he claims that the Flame Emperor is his greatest creation using the defiled beast's blood to fuel the flame. Remember that. Yep, that's an important thing, especially if you play through the... Crimson Rose playthrough. 
and get sports with Edelgard. Spoiler alert. The Flame Emperor says there is no salvation for Thalus's kind. And everyone just teleports away. Oh, that's there's a dagger on the ground over here. What's it mean? Dimitri looks at it. Seems to think that means something. Eh, probably means nothing. Let's get back to it later. Time to go to the monastery. We've got sad dead said sad dead dad music going on. <laughs> my first one of my few notes on here says sad times. I should have put sad times part two since we had sad times previously with Flayne. Yes, yeah, so I've I've said about said it before, but this was one of my favorite moments in just the entire playthrough. Just that moment where that sad music hits, Bylas looking just incredibly depressed after her her slash his father died and is actually feeling it. It's just like, oh, I'm actually getting emotions from from Byleth, kind of, sort of. And well, you also get some context for it because so because some of the other you know various cast members in the other houses are also you know like, hey man, are you okay? Or hey, we know you've been crying a lot for several days. So that's that's something nice to kind of like reconfirm that it's not just you singing, it's other characters singing it as well. Anyway, we still have quests to do this month. We get random junk battle, whatever. We'll do that eventually, I guess. Maybe level up like one person because they're easy at this point. And we have to go through Geralt's stuff. And inside Geralt's room, I find an encyclopedia with about Fodlin fish that lets my professor level rise a little bit. Oh, and I also found some ring. Oh. I'm sure it'll matter yeah, he wanted to give me the ring to give to someone special. That'll happen at the end of this playthrough. Unless you're like me and forget about it. <sighs> Dang, it Dang it, Ordo. I've played, my, my Switch says that I've played Fire Emblem Three Houses for 225 hours, and I've won, only S supported one person, and two, still not going on the Black Eagle's path. Just give Cheryl those grandkids. I'm proud to announce that in Chapter 10 of my playthrough, Caspar has joined the Blue Lions Volleyball Squad. Oh, just in time. Enemies have been found in the sealed forest. Berea doesn't want us to go. There is nothing that's going to stop us, though. At this point, I had a... I, I don't normally talk about the sport conversations during this section, but there's one really weird one between Catherine and Ash. Is It made me wonder, is their sea support locked by their paralogue? Because they talk about things that happen during the paralogue. Yeah, I think I brought that up last time. Uh, I got their I, I got their paralogue first, and then their support because in the supports they're talking about the papers, and in the end of that paralogue we see Ash run off with papers. Yes, I, I didn't get their C support until just now, and I did the their paralogue last time. So this is my, my first time seeing this. It's just like I would love to know more about that. That's a really cool thing if that's the case. Yeah, so I think it might be locked, but I don't know for certain. Mini A welcomes us to the Forest of Death, as my autocorrect says. I think that's supposed to be Monica. Thank you, autocorrect. But anyway, we it's a pretty small map. We got some beasts to the north and to the west, and we got Mini A, a.k.a. Monica, a.k.a. now revealed to be Kranya. No. Guess she does like a little flip on the map and turns into Kranya. Yay. Simple battle. We go up to her. Kranya says that we won't avenge our father at this race. Uh, but my Lance disagrees with her and I just run her through. And at this point, I learned something that I had not known in 250 or so hours of playing Fire Emblem. Oh? If you accident, if you click the X button during a battle, it just pauses it. Just a stupid little thing I never realized. You can just pause in battle. Huh. Yep. Just like I accidentally hit the X button. Just like, why isn't anyone moving? Oh, that's a thing. Mini A slash Monica slash Kranya runs away, but then we run into Solon, and, or she runs into Solon, and there's a bad touch going on. 
Well, actually, she she forgets that she's playing Super Smash Brothers Brawl and trips. <laughs> she tri- How did she trip? Come on, big bad person. The person who killed the the blade breaker just deserved trips. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, oh, okay. Solon's there to help her out and just sort of rips something out of her chest, and you get sent to the Shadow Realm. Yeah, aka the Forbidden Spell of Zaharas. Kranya asks for help as. She, she sort of dies, and Solon cries out, "Be gone, Felstar!" Here's where, here's where, here's what I have written. Uh, Sotha scolds us as we're in the darkness, but has, but has finally come to the realization of who and what she is—the progenitor god. After saying some heartfelt goodbye, she joins her soul with ours and grants us her full power. And her full power is basically a different hair color. The well, yeah, I mean, have you not seen Dragon Ball? Yes, this is what happens when you have the lime green sopas and the dark turquoise uh, bilith. They fuse together to form the seafoam green professor. And because of this power, we consume darkness itself and use Kurobar's dimensional sword to slice through the forbidden spell of Zaharas. I'll admit, it is a very cool cutscene. It is. I kind of wish this chapter wasn't like you have one chapter where you kill uh, Monica, then kill Solon in part two. I kind of wish that there was a month in between where you're stuck in this realm and you have to actually battle your way out. Oh, that would have been way cooler. And at the very end, to truly battle your way out, you end up facing Geralt in battle? Or like uh, a twist, or like a twisted dark version of him where he's like, you know, I blame you for my death. You were worthless, you know, something like that. I was thinking the opposite, where like uh, Gerald actually joins you in battle, where he's a unit with you to fight against the darkness, and father slash son daughter fight against the darkness to break through. What about if the darkness was like represented by the opposite gender by Leth you didn't choose? Ooh, that'd be neat. Uh, <laughs> if you're, uh, well, okay, go out. after 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 the time skip. Go to the holy tomb and tell us what you find. Uh. We get a part two of this map. Go north, kill Solon. There we go. That one little th- weird thing I noticed in the spot where Kranya was killed, where she was originally, there's a stone against the wall. And if you zoom in, you can see that that stone has the crest of flames on it. Yeah, I was having trouble like deciphering what that was because it looked like a heart of some kind. I'm pretty sure it was the crest of flames. Okay. Yeah, I don't have it. I don't have it open, so. I'll go with you. Um, and also on this map, maybe it's worth note that there's some weird, decrepit-looking golems somewhere around here. What does this all mean? I, I don't know. Well, those those golems also have the crest of Saros on them. Something happened here a long time ago. Something that we don't know about. T T Hales, aka Thales or Thales. Thank you, autocorrect. T Hales says he will carry out the mission. We pass out. Uh, after telling Dimitri we've been blessed by the goddess, and we wake up in Rhea's lap. And it's kind of weird, because she still does that whole, oh, you're my, never mind. In time's flow. <laughs> it's, it, I, listen, I love Chiromi Lee's performance as Rhea, all in all, but for some reason the, the singing here just doesn't fit her. Anyway, uh, after we wake up in Rhea's lap, it's time to move on to chapter 11. Part 1. White Clouds. Pegasus Moon. 
throne of knowledge. Ray's going to tell us some big secret, but Setter, a.k.a. Seth, comes in and just sort of interrupts it because that's what this game does. We're about to reveal something. Oh, someone comes in. Anyway, we learn that Seth has read Gerald's diary and he knows about us being the kid that he kind of kidnapped. Eh, anyway, this month we got a new mission. It's to well, Seth, well, before you do that, Seth also Please. questions. It's either this month or maybe, or maybe I might be thinking ahead. Is this where he and Rhea have that conversation? Like, what did you do? And then he's like, I read Gerald's diary. And he's like, I know what he is or she is. I think it's this month. This is the first time we see Seth being like vaguely antagonistic towards Rhea. If you know their relationship, it's just like that never happens. <laughs> yeah okay so he basically says i know what that one is that one's the progenitor god this is a really cool conversation just would it be nice if we saw a little bit more of it to add a little bit more context to it but it's it's all right it's a good moment it's a good solid moment our mission this month is to receive a vision in the holy tomb no problem but joining us in the holy tomb will be the newest members of the blue lions volleyball squad oh oh dorothea Raphael, and Alois. Oh, thank you for saving Dorothea. I let's just let's just move on. Before the revelation ceremony, Dimitri informs us that he, oh, he, he's not sleeping well, very well and he has headaches. I, I, I hope he's doing okay. And it's probably nothing. He's probably just got a headache or something. He'll be fine. Yeah, no problem. Uh, Ray takes us to Sothis's throne, but nothing happens. We just get a still shot of us sort of sitting awkwardly in that giant chair we see Sothis sitting in. We were supposed to receive some sort of divine revelation, much like uh, the ancient Saros once did when she sat upon the throne. But now, invasion! The holy tomb has been invaded by the Flame Emperor and, dang it, autocorrect, someone named Metody, according to my autocorrect. I couldn't even tell you who this guy is, because he shows up for this one map and he's dead, so he doesn't matter anyways. Maybe he means something in the Crimson Flower route. Ooh. You're going to taunt me with that, aren't you? Ooh, yes. I'm I'm doing the little weight wingly fingers as I at the microphone as I'm doing this. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> I can I can feel it. I can Good. feel I can feel the antagonism coming for, from you. Good. Uh, the flame emperor says that we were the one person that they didn't want to make an enemy of. And then we get a battle. And then at the end of this battle, there's a cutscene. Oh my God! This cutscene. Yes. Dimitri goes ham on these guys he snaps he snaps he just starts murdering flame emperor soldiers left and right including like with a twinge of his fingers he smashes someone's face in well you see cardwiz international gundam fight regulations state (laughs) that a unit that loses their head is disqualified Oh, this guy's disqualified, all right. <laughs> From life, yes. Dimitri, he's just like, and he has this absurd, I don't want to say absurd, because that doesn't that undersells it, but he has this insane look on his face as he's laughing, and he's just like, is this some sort of joke? Because he looks over, and the Flame Emperor's mask has basically fallen off, and the only thing you can see is just the round, uh, the round shape of Edelgard's face. And he just, he loses it. Edelgard's the Flame Emperor! What? Yeah, this was actually a surprise the first time I played this. Yeah, how do you think I felt not knowing that I was on the church path? <laughs> so on the church path, she doesn't show up in the in the Flame Emperor gear. She just shows up and she's literally just like, "Yeah, I'm the Flame Emperor." I'm just like, "Wait, what? What?" 
<laughs> yes. Dimitri continues to confront Edelgard, and he claims that Edelgard killed her mother. But Edelgard denies this. She doesn't really know what Dimitri's talking about either. All right. It's it's going crazy now. The this chapter as this chapter winds down, Felix calls Dimitri a beast and is like, okay, now I kind of see a little bit why you might be a little antagonistic towards Dimitri. Seeing a little bit of your motivations, Felix. I see you. Yeah, Dimitri, basically, Felix has had the secret kept this entire time of, yeah, this is who Dimitri actually is. Mm-hmm. All one, right. thing I, one thing I do have to say, sorry, I keep interrupting you. Uh, one thing I do have to say is, like, I mentioned Shirami Lee not being so hot on the singing part. In the I'm super pissed off Rhea, she nails it. Oh my oh. goodness, it sends chills down your spine. I, I can't wait for you to do the Crimson Flower route and we can talk about it. <laughs> oh, oh man, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. But the way she's just like, this arrogant girl, even if the flames of hell, well, she doesn't say hell, but she, she says something like, if the eternal flame would not be enough to purge your soul or something like that. I was just like, oh my God, Rhea. Uh, oh, oh, I'm get, I have tingling, my arm is tingling up right now just me talking about it. Great performance by Rhea. Or, I'm sorry, Charami Lee. It's amazing. As the chapter winds down, we see that Edelgard has taken over as the emperor of of her nation. And she declares war. war on Saros. We have basically, I mean, this, even, even Edelgard's whole speech, you know, I, oh my gosh, I can't remember who's her voice actor. Like, wait, Tyra Platt, something like that? I think so. Yeah, she, man, she, I mean... We've said it before, but the voice English voice cast is so good. But right here, Tyra Platt really, really nails that. Just like it is, just it's such a grandiose image too, because you you see like the soldiers on the ground, and you see you see Edelgard atop these stairs denouncing the Church of Saros, and it's just like okay, yeah, Tyra Platt does incredibly well. Okay, I called her Tyra. My bad. Sorry. No problem. You'll have to apologize to her in person, though. And now we move on to the end of the times to the end of the pre-time skip. It's chapter twelve, part one. White clouds, lone moon, to war. In two weeks, we got two weeks to repair. Edelgard will reach the church. Rhea entrusts all of her sacred duties to Delilah, my Byleth. She tells Seth that we are the progenitor of God, and for this month's quest. Sedith says that we got to send out a scout imperial army for for him. Oh man, the, we got two weeks. There's so many crazy things. There's so many important things. How are we going to prepare for war? And it's just like, as I'm playing this, I'm getting ready. And what, what's this? I got a text message. It's just like it's it's from my friend Orda. What is wave three? Just shadow dropped. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Literally, like as I'm. Pre- Finishing up this chapter, shit, I got the DLC Wave 3. Put everything aside. Forget war. We've got DLC quests to go over. First thing I do, of course the first thing you do. You gotta do it. You go to the sauna. Yeah, man, that war. Two weeks. (laughs) Good thing the sauna opened just in time, right, fellas and ladies? Heck yeah. Me, Marianne, we went into that sauna. I made her glow all golden. Oh, card was that's right i did you got to make yourself and or your partner glow and if that happens you're able to really grow your stats well or your weapon levels well i think that's how it worked 
I was barely reading this. I was just so excited to have all the DLC out. You got to so, Yeah. So you're, you're a female, right? Yes, I have female bio. And then you have Marianne, right? Yes. And you said the glow, right? Yeah. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. I get it. Oh, heck yeah. You, you totally got my totally on purpose reference. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you know, I just, you know. Yeah. Chris Hackney's a, a wrestling fan. So, anyways, let's go. All right. Oh, we have that quest. And then in the kitchen, we have a lady looking for servant supplies. Yes, it is time for maid and butler costumes. They are here. I think the maid costumes are disappointing. The maid costumes aren't disappointing. Like, I'm I'm not a fan of the butler costumes because of that stupid towel on the arm. On the arm of the butler costume, there's like a towel that you would see in like a restaurant just like that's just hanging there, but like in movements and battle, it just looks really weird. I I don't like it. Now it does make sense for the cavalry or not cavalry. The um crap, what do you call it? I'm forgetting about them. Battalions. The battalion butlers they stand with a sword, like basically straight straight up, and I believe that's the same arm they have the towel on. So it does make sense for them, but for you, it doesn't look good at all. Yeah. Oh, the... actually, you know what? I will say one thing. Sylvain has probably the best suit. Too bad he stayed uh, on the bench. One thing I'm glad... Uh, I wish I had a Sylvain to stay on the bench. Uh, the best thing about these costumes is just like, the, each character does have... The, you can have the, either the standard black and white, or there is a colored variation that fits the character customized. Most of them are just okay, but still, nice touch. I'm very happy with it. And let me let me be clear, like my disappointment with the maid outfit is not because, oh, it's not a sexy maid outfit. They just look too like poofy, floofy. I don't know. <laughs> they just don't they don't look right to me. I don't know, maybe I'm just a fan of the, the, the combat maids from Fates. To make up for it, we have Anna. She has given us a quest to get valuable secrets in battle. Basically we have to defeat five enemies and she'll give us a goddess icon. Thanks for the free goddess icon. Uh, but I am now proud to announce that Anna has joined the volleyball squad. And the things that she can specially train in is swords, bows, faith, and dang it, autocorrect maxes. We also have a quest from a little girl. She asks us to interact with cats and dogs. Well, if I must, I gave a cat a bunch of fish and the cat coughed up some black sand steel for me. Thank you. That's- that's probably not good for its health. No, it's not. I'm gl- I'm glad I was finally able to help this out. Like these these cats have been living for the five years and all these different timelines with stuff in their throat. I'm glad I can finally help out with the fish. The dogs, you can suffer. I don't care about you. What? No, I feed the dogs. You feed the cats. Oh, in the tea area of the monastery, there's a girl there, and she says that friendship between teachers and students is unacceptable. So we must defend our honor in a tournament. So now I guess Byleth can go to the arena. I think that's what this means. Yeah. No, the the people there are really powerful too. Even even with my like really high stats, I couldn't like make a dent in them. So I'm guessing they may be a little bit they may be scaled to you or a little bit above you. Mm-hmm. Uh at- Another part of this DLC wave was just like I went to go visit Dimitri. He had a blue exclamation point over his head. He's gone from full-on rage, wanting to kill Edelgard, to, oh, there's this place called the Abyss. Do you want a quest there? Sure. 
why not? I'll do that whenever I figure out stuff. I'm pretty sure I can't do it because of, I only have two weeks to do stuff. Well, basically, you kind of you walk around because I, I was a little bit behind. I think I was on chapter ten when I got all the DLC. And basically, what you can do is like it, they basically tell you, oh, there's this hidden underground thing underneath the monastery abyss, blah blah blah. But it really doesn't go any further than that. And I'm guessing they're setting up for, well, what well what we called uh, abyss mode in the original leaks for the DLC. Yes, this is what that is. As soon as I actually play it, I will will do a more full on review of it hopefully next time that is pretty much it for the dlc stuff before the final battle we have with two weeks left i managed to recruit ignatz to be the final member of the blue lions volleyball squad although he's probably going to be a butler on the bench couldn't let him die could you no i couldn't i i had to save everyone i could i, I didn't save everyone but i saved a lot of people <sighs> but we're stalling card was we're finally here it's time for the time skip battle oh yeah back to the story uh, Dimitri tells us that he hears voices from his father, stepmother, friends, and that they want her head. Totally sane. No problem with this whatsoever. Ah, we find, And then the battle starts. We have the Garrett, Battle of Garrick Mock. And I really like this map. We've seen this map. Well, we will see this map again in the future, probably. Because it is a big, long map. You got the monastery to the north villages to the south you got turrets in between you have on the side paths you have bosses you got hubert on the left side you got the death knight on the right side you got edelgard and a bunch of people with faces who are probably in her army who we don't really know because we don't we aren't doing crimson flower but it's time to advance it's time to march on it is time to defend gareth moth and take edelgard's head I do love the music for this. It's called Roar of Dominion if you're looking for it. This is by this might be my favorite music in this game. I love it. The music in this battle. I think when I was initially doing my playthrough and I was on the church path, I think you were actually past the time skip. I was on the mic with you because uh, I was playing on, we were on Xbox Live chit chat and I was like, oh no, Cardwiz, these violins are sad. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the song really does pull at your heartstrings though because you know that like after this map after edelgard's actions that you know nothing will ever be the same again you know gone is the fun carefree you know school chapters and now we're here at war at the time skip and things are only going to get worse for our characters that we've known to you know that we've grown with in these past you know 10 chat or 12 chapters everything's going everything's going to help pretty much uh, yes. And I apparently forgot to write a note in my, uh, in my notes because around this time I had a, another death for the second episode in a row. I'm going to have to talk about the death of my dark mage. My, oh, my Hanneman died. man, not Hanneman. I, I, it was just one of those situations where I moved him into a forest I made sure that everyone around him wasn't going to hit him. And then I guess I just moved another unit who was going to take some of the damage for him. And everyone just attacked Hanneman. And I, I screwed up. It was, it was completely screw up on my part. Not luck. It was just, I screwed up and I lost my second dark seal. 
But luckily I defeated the Dark Mage and got another Dark Seal. I will have a Dark Mage at the end of this playthrough, dang it. It's going to happen. Although with the turns that Dimitri is taking, I maybe be thematically right I, if I make I Dimitri make my Dark Dimitri Mage. I would Dark Mage because he gets a special class upgrade later. I know. I know he will. It's probably going to involve lands well, maybe and if you're, stuff. Maybe if you were going New Game Plus. Dang it. I, I'm, I'm, he's going to be... I'm, I'm trying to make him my healer. He's going to be my White Mage. He's going to be... He's going to be a nice guy. He's going to heal people. Dang it, Dimitri. Anyway, on this map, I did a screw up. I went to the south too soon because I either forgot or didn't remember or didn't know that Aelgard moves and with her comes a bunch of her comes her army. So I kind of got surrounded. It Things could have gotten bad, except for I had done. I managed to do the left and right sides first. And when you beat the left and right sides of Hubert and the Death Knight, you get a bunch of really strong green units to help you out. And those green units wiped out Edelgard's army. Yeah, and depending on me. who you have, um, if once you take out the Death Knight, if you don't have her recruited, uh, it'll be Catherine. And on the right, it... Uh, I don't know who it is on the right. It might be Shamir. But I've always... But I've al- no. No way. But I've always, had, gonna... I've always had Shamir on I... my team, so I can't confirm that. There's no way Catherine sides with... No, 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 that's, all, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the green unit would be Catherine. Oh, the green unit. I was no. just like, what? What seek? What happened? To, I thought you were talking about like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, my goodness. She pulled That'd be off the hood. crazy It twist. was me, Rhea. It was me all along, Rhea. And you all bought it. Oh, my God. Adelgard should have done that. <laughs> This whole monastery uh, was so made me- fools of. <laughs> if anyone in our audience, listening audience, knows how to make a GIF of any sort, I need the Edelgard <laughs> as Vince McMahon GIF. It needs to happen. I I don't think I've ever asked our listeners for anything. If anyone's <laughs> capable of doing that, please do this for me. Eyes. Oh, good lord! <laughs> uh, the green units are really powerful. In fact. The green unit crit and got Aelgard down I to one HP for me. Magicked her. I can't remember what. Oh no, I made. I think I made Dimitri uh, face her because I, I don't think I got to see their quote. Yes, I I did get Dimitri to do the final blow, and he says that quote we want to sever her head, and then uh, Aelgard tells Dimitri that he's impatient. That's the end of that map, and it's cutscene time. Rhea holds us back. And she says that she will not let another Red Canyon tragedy happen again. Dragon time. Spoiler alert, Rhea's a dragon. I had the inkling that maybe she was a dragon. But typically what we've seen with other Fire Emblem games is that dragons usually have dragon stones so they can transform. Well, it's not just for transformation. It's so they can contain their powers so their degenerative process is a lot smoother or doesn't last as long or something. Rhea turns into the Immaculate One, fights a bunch of people, but... The Divine Beasts seem to be too much for her as she starts getting overwhelmed and we have to charge in and help. But then Thalus comes in and lasers us off of the cliff. He hits us with the Super Vegeta's Big Bang attack. Yep. Rhea screams. And it's time skip time. The narration tells us that though Edelgard had losses, she won the battle and the people at Garrick Mach surrendered. Rhea has vanished. The unification of Fultland has begun now it's time skip time we'll cover that well, that's what we'll be covering next time the first what is we'll be doing the first three chapters or will we ca- the isn't the first chapter of the time skip like a mini prologue 
I want to say let's uh, do the next forget. four. Let's do the next four. Yeah, much next like, four much like these three chapters, those chapters basically kind of snowball into each other. I mean, the, the second half of this game isn't as narrative heavy as the first, because the first... Uh, the first half of the school phase is basically setting up things for other paths that may or may not come true, depending on what you're doing. Like, all the stuff, I mean, I'll go ahead and tell you all that stuff that I wrote down about Sothis and Byleth and all that stuff, that does not come to fruition here in this path. A lot of that comes into fruition in the Golden Deer path and the Church path, but I felt that it was narrative, narratively important, so I wrote that stuff down in case you want to, like... I don't know, read that later and be like, oh, that's what they were setting up. I look forward to it. Like, this is the last path for me. I have n- no idea what happens from here on out. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to talk about what happens in the Blue yeah. Lines path But before time. we go, before we go, so this is this is your last path, and you've played the other routes. How do you think that this path and its setup up to the time skip compares to the other three? I honestly think this path has the best... Uh, pre-time skip stuff. I think that cutscene with Dimitri in the Holy Tomb is maybe the best cutscene in the game. I'm enjoying some of the context we're getting. Like I said at the start of this part of the playthrough, Byleth and Dimitri overhear some of the important conversations that's going on. They have more context for what's happening. Yeah, I agree with that too. And plus, you know, Byleth and Dimitri also have more one-on-one conversations about things. I greatly enjoyed Golden Deer. I really enjoyed the Church and Crimson Flower stuff pre-time skip, but I think the Blue Lions pre-time skip has been the best so far, especially because the story has been so intertwined with Blue Lions, unlike the others, with the Lonato stuff with Ash, with the uh, Sylvain's brother stuff. It's just like this. It really feels like Blue Lions is the intended pre time right. skip playthrough. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that because I came off the church path and I absolutely hated the church path. Hated it. Hated it. Hated the ending. I, as I said, I haven't done. I haven't done the Crimson Flower. I just sorry. I just know him as the characters. So I haven't done Edelgard's path, or sorry, the true Edelgard path. And so my next path after I got done with the church path was the golden deer and the golden deer is almost hand in hand aside from like a very small handful full of changes um, on the second half is almost exactly the same as the church path. Yeah, that's it's the biggest disappointment in this game. The church path is basically a, not as so good version me of the going from deer. that to the golden deer. I was just like, OK, like I thought the golden deer path was better. But I was still disappointed overall with the Golden Deer Path, too. Not that I hated it, but playing yeah. those two back-to-back, I was like, oh, so in other words, I'm just doing the Church Path, except with Claude instead of Seta. Yeah, I'm just... Claude is much better than Seta, so I'm just... I'm glad that I played Golden Deer first. In wrapping things up, I'd like to thank you all for listening. As always, you can reach us at Emblem Supports, Plan Ordo, KD Corley, all at Twitter. And with that said, chapter complete.